0: Well, hey, fans of biblical genetics, welcome back to a new episode. I'm calling this one privacy is dead because it is dead, completely obliterated, not only because of the internet and digital online things, but also because of genetics. And some of the things that I'm about to say, I think are going to shock some of you. But indeed, uh, we can no longer hide our DNA from governments or organizations, companies or other individuals. It's actually impossible. But the most important thing, and the reason why I'm actually saying the things I'm saying the way I'm saying them in this episode is because I'm trying to use this as a lead in to a gospel presentation and give me some feedback. Tell me how I did and if that was an effective way to argue or maybe, maybe I lost some people early on and they never actually got to the end. But I don't know. I'm curious to see uh, how, how well this comes out. Now, this was a beautiful Sunday afternoon. It was cloudy, so it was a good time to sit on my front porch and record. It had been so quiet in my neighborhood all day long. And as soon as I started recording, the kids across the street tried to get into their car and they set off the car alarm. You know, four or five year old kids running around screaming because the car alarm's going off. It took mom a little while to get out. And then the neighbor next door started running a power saw in the garage with the garage door open. And then the neighbor across the street, they tied their dog up to the tree like they always do. And that dog started barking at the other neighbor dog. It was like the loudest neighborhood in the world while I was recording. So I got all this put together. And I got it up and I started editing and I realized that it was just awful. I don't like noisy backgrounds and things like that when I'm listening to other people. So I scrapped it all and I did it again. The next morning, quiet morning, cloudy again, which is good um, because it means it's cool outside and it's just nice air and whatever. And I recorded the whole thing without many interruptions. But this is the second week in a row where I had to record twice now um, before thanking people i want to tell you that the contributions that are being made are going straight to technology i was blessed with a really nice tripod which i've been using which is uh, a wonderful thing to have but also i had to um, buy a little plug for my camera to record audio straight to camera and that plug was actually fifty dollars but last week when i did this, I recorded, and the reason I had to record twice is because my microphone that I'm using is not compatible with that plug. I had to get an adapter for my adapter. So this week I recorded successfully using a secondary adapter, I'm very happy with that. Uh, But also, I also bought a uh, six foot long uh, USB-C extender cable, so I can take my camera and attach it to my phone, and the camera doesn't have to be attached to the phone. I actually have my camera in my hand, or the phone in my hand and a camera on the tripod a couple feet away. So What it means is, as I'm getting set up for my shots, I don't have to get up and down and get up and down to adjust camera settings. I can do it while I'm sitting or wherever I want to be. And that's really cool. So all of your support is very much appreciated. Um, also, I'm recording this this uh, lead in, not with my lapel mic, but with a headset that costs about $50, a Sensen Briner or something or other. I, I don't remember the stats necessarily. But we did some research with my, my friend Joe, uh, with whom I do the, the Equinox podcast every week. And I was talking to him. He does a lot of podcasting and audio stuff. And so he told me, after doing some research, the best audio quality headset that I could get. And that's what I'm recording on here. And so all your your funds are actually helping the technology of this show increase... And not only that, but we're paying for uh, hosting fees and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There's there's money that has to be dumped into a production like this. And so far, so far, you've been so good to me. You've covered my costs and I am very, very thankful. And just this morning, I got a, uh, some anonymous person bought me five cups of coffee. Thank you, anonymous person. You're the best, whoever you were. You're fueling me right now and helping me uh, be encouraged and excited that people do like what we're doing here. So here we go, new episode, privacy is dead. Privacy is dead and I'm going to give you three reasons why this is true. First of all, online there never was any privacy. Every website we go to, every internet search term we put into our browsers, Everything we watch, everything we shop, is logged. Why? Because people want to market to us. That's why. I mean, look at me. I'm a a 51-year-old white male who's a Christian. That puts me in a box. And once I'm in that box, people can sell me stuff. So online, digitally, we leave a footprint everywhere we go and every time we do anything. Now, generally, it doesn't matter. I mean, who cares? There's billions of people online and there's billions of people doing internet searches. No one really cares what exactly we do. They just want to know what we do so they could sell us things. But privacy does come along because of mass action. There's so many billions of people doing so many billions of transactions every day online that we're just lost in the noise. Now, if you type in a search engine that the CIA doesn't want you searching for, or maybe you try to go on the dark web. Oh yeah, go ahead and try that. You're going to find a CIA honeypot. Even the dark web is not secret. You leave tracks, everywhere okay putting that aside there's a second area that has completely destroyed privacy and that is dna and genetics millions of people have had their dna tested many of those are on publicly accessible databases even the ones that are private companies can be served with a warrant and the government can come and search their database looking for things There was a famous case of a man named Hans Jonathan that I mentioned several episodes ago. His father was a European, his mother was a slave in the Caribbean. Well, he was taken to Denmark and then he escaped to Iceland and apparently lived there because there are a bunch of Icelander people today who have African pieces of DNA. And when they trace their family tree back, they all go back to the mid 1800s and identified this man who was half African, half European, lived in Iceland, settled down, became a shopkeeper, had some kids, and the kids of the kids of the kids are still around with us today. and We can identify them. In fact, they recreated about half of his genome from the pieces left over in his descendants. So we can also identify ancestors now. This is crazy, but that's nothing compared to what's coming down the pike right now. We are on the verge of instantaneous environmental DNA sampling. There's a new machine, it's called a nanopore sequencer, which is amazing and cool, I mean, brilliant. What they do is they take a piece of DNA and they pass it through a pore on a charged plate. And as the A's, C's, T's and G's pass through the hole, it changes the charge on the plate. And you can tell which letter, therefore the sequence of letters that are coming through that little pore. And you can put an unlimited number of pores on a chip. Therefore you can sequence in parallel thousands hundreds of thousands potentially millions of dna sequences at the same time in real time and fast so what would happen if you deployed one of these on a subway well you could monitor flu viruses or coronaviruses or bacteria floating through the air or people yeah because you shed dna your environment around you is full of your DNA. So any person who comes within the airspace of that sequencer, especially if it's pulling air in and filtering and pulling DNA out, can technically and theoretically be identified. Now we're not talking about full genome sequences with that kind of data, but you can certainly look for identifiable marks if you're looking for a person, even in a crowded place like New York City, or Los Angeles, or Moscow, or Beijing. Wow, yeah, privacy is gone. But not only that, adoptions are no longer private. Cases of infidelity that r- resulted in the child are no longer private. Even kidnapping is no longer secret. There's a woman named Barbara Ray Venter. She's actually one of my heroes. I would love to have her job. If I didn't like my job so much, I would want to do what she does. She's a, a genetic sleuth, solving cold cases and things like that. And the first big that she cracked, was the Bear Brook murders. She was asked to help a child who was um, kidnapped when she was a baby to find her parents, find her family, and she did. But in so doing, they got to identify a perpetrator of a series of murders and boom, she got famous for that. But then she was asked to work on something called the Golden State Killer case from California. Now this, is back in the 70s and 80s there was a man who was raping and murdering his way across california no one knows how many acts he perpetrated but it was a lot and there was a lot of crime scene evidence left behind well now enter the modern world they took the dna from that crime scene evidence and they worked it up and they made it look like an ancestry report and they submitted it to a free website called gedmatch.com. Now, it's recently been purchased by a company who's trying to make money off of it, but for a long time, it was completely free, completely open, and anyone in the world could upload their DNA to that website. So you could go and get ancestry.com or 23me.com or familytree.com to sequence your DNA, and then you could upload it for free to this publicly accessible website. And they did that with this murderer and rapist. They took his DNA, they put it on that computer, And sure enough, some of his relatives were in that database. Second cousins, third cousins, it doesn't matter because once you can identify a relative, you can start building a family tree. And if you build a family tree, you can sometimes say, oh, it's gotta be that person right there. So they got a warrant and they followed the guy. And the first thing they did is they took a swipe from his door handle and they sequenced his DNA from the door handle of his car and it was a match. And then they found a dirty tissue in his trash and they sequenced that and that was a match too. And they arrested him. He has since confessed. I'm not going to mention his name because he's not worth mentioning his name, but it sure does look like this person was guilty of the crime. That is amazing and that is good. It is good that murderers and rapists can no longer hide because they leave DNA behind and now we can find them. But as far as privacy goes, that means that you as an individual can also be identified. Let's say you had a uh, identical twin. Your identical twin submits their DNA to Ancestry. That's your DNA, and you've had no control over it. Or what, let's say that your brother, or your sister, or your mom, or your dad, or your cousin submits their DNA to 23andMe.com. You have no say over it whatsoever, and your DNA is now online, identifiable DNA. I mean, if your cousin submits dna and your dna turns up in a crime scene they're going to say oh it's a cousin to this person right here and there's no escaping it privacy is gone just ask ben affleck yeah one of my favorite shows is finding your roots with henry lewis gates really cool show they take famous people they do a dna thing they look at their ancestry and they tell them where they came from and who their ancestors were it's really cool but ben affleck had some slaveholders in his family and he asked the producers to not reveal that to the audience. And he got in a whole lot of flack for that because ancestry is online. DNA is online. Your habits of browsing are online. even if you're trying to hide something from your spouse or your pastor, well, Amazon or Netflix or what those other sites that we don't mention in public, uh, they know where you're going. You can't hide. There are no more family secrets. I mean, back in the day, if a young woman who was unmarried was found to be with child, typically they would just shelter her away for several months and then adopt the baby out after the baby came out. Happened a lot. Sometimes the baby would be in the family and the mother would just be called the sister because, you know, lots of families have children 16, 17 years apart. This happened to a famous singer named Bobby Darin. You might've seen the Kevin Spacey movie that, that featured this story. And he's a really famous singer back in the fifties at a TV show for a little while. Uh, you've probably heard some of his songs on the oldie station. If you listen to that kind of music, but De- Bobby Darren was a really famous person back in the day. And at one point in his late thirties, he was told and he admitted this in public that his sister was actually his mother. Now today, that would be completely obvious with any ancestry test. You cannot hide these things anymore. Not that that's so good necessarily because sometimes, you know, family seekers hurt and are families are being torn apart with this stuff. There's a geneticist for a class project. He told his class that he was going to get 23me.com testing done and he's going to get his parents done also. It, he wrote an article called, With Genetic Testing, I Gave My Parents the Gift of Divorce. Because as soon as his material went online, he got contacted by a man who was apparently his half-brother. And this man said, I've been looking for my family my entire life, you're my brother. Well, it turns out that the dad had had an affair and the mom didn't know about it. And well, yeah, that ended the marriage. No more family secrets. So what we're learning is that we're all human. We're all fallen. Our families are broken. Every single one of us has someone in their family tree they'd rather not have in their family tree. You have murderers in your background. You have rapists, you have thieves, you have people who have done nefarious things, and there's no way around it. It's true for all of us. Now, maybe you don't have any immediate secrets in your family. You keep digging far enough back, and you're going to find some. Humans across the planet are fallen and struggling and in need of redemption. But we don't need redemption for what our ancestors did. We need redemption for what we've done, because we've all turned from A God with whom there's no privacy. You cannot stand in front of the creator of this universe and think you have secrets. That's not true. There's nothing hidden from our God. And in the end, we're going to have to make account for our deeds here on earth before him. Now, I'm going to do something that I rarely do on biblical genetics. I'm going to read you a Bible passage with a lot of thick words. Now, I've read Bible passages before, but this one's got some terminology that we need to explain. First of all, it's in a passage on righteousness. What's righteousness? It's to be right, to be good, to be clean, to be pure, to have no sin, to have no error on your account, to be righteous. And big words come up like justified. Justification is the process of being made righteous. You're being made just. You're being made clean. You're having your record expunged. There's nothing against you if you're justified. If you're justified, you are righteous. Another big word is redemption. That's to uh, pay a penalty. In other words, if, let's say like you didn't pay your car payment for a couple of months. Well, the collector's going to come and take your car. You want your car back? You have to redeem it. You have to pay the debt that you owe to that car company to get your car back. Redemption, paying a debt. And another big word people don't use very much anymore is called propitiation. That's simply to satisfy wrath. As in, if someone's mad at you because you did something wrong, you have to propitiate them. You have to satisfy their wrath. You might have to give them money. You might have to go to prison. You might have to say something nice, apologize. Or in a case with God, when he said that sin equals death, something's got to die to satisfy his wrath against sin. Let me explain. Ready? Romans 3, 22 through 25. For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in christ jesus whom god put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith i'm not trying to scare you into heaven that'd be ridiculous but i am trying to just simply explain to you the gospel it's really easy jesus christ the son of god the sinless son of god came to this earth to live a life specifically to die in our place because by dying for us he propitiated god he took away the wrath he took away the sin he made us righteous we are justified through the blood of christ so there you have it privacy is dead there's no hiding online there's no hiding your dna there's no hiding your ancestry there's no hiding the family secrets The skeletons are all out of the closet, and there's no hiding before our holy God. If you're not right with God, maybe it's time to get so. It's not hard. Read your Bible, find some Christians, find someone who can explain to you the way of salvation, because in the end, when we stand before that holy God with whom there are no secrets, we want to hear the words, well done, my good and faithful servant.